Good morning. How is everyone? Oh, awesome. Good. Excellent. Well, it is uh, good to see you guys and uh, worship with you in person, especially after last week. We only had online. That's kind of fun, but it's not the same, you know. Uh, so good to be with you guys. A couple of really quick things. Christmas Eve service. We, we won't have a, an in-person Christmas Eve service this year, uh, which means there's no, there's no, we're not doing a cookie giveaway either. <laughs> we, we figured probably it'd be best not to bring homemade treats to random strangers during a pandemic. So I don't know. That's just, I just, anyway. So, uh, so but we will be online at uh, 6 o'clock. And so I hope to see you on the line. I guess. So and uh, so you can go to findmercy.org for that. Go to our Facebook page. You can go to our YouTube channel. And we'll be there. We'll be there together. So uh, in case we haven't met, I'm Lee. Nice to meet you all. Welcome, uh, friends online. Church online this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm the lead pastor here at, lead at, at Mercy Vineyard Church. And let's go ahead and put our mission statement up. And everybody will say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Yeah, so that's what our church is all about, right? Loving Jesus, loving each other, growing in Christ, going and serving, and all of this stuff of the kingdom, and I love the stuff of the kingdom. And so this morning what we're doing is we are concluding our four-part Advent series. I hope you all have kind of enjoyed this sort of four weeks of... of of take a deep breath, right? You know, take a deep breath and acknowledge the birth of Jesus and grow in anticipation of him coming, his return. And so uh, I can't wait. And so we've been talking all about the invitation that God extends to us over those last four weeks and is always extending to us. And he's extending this invitation to to see what he sees and to care about what he cares about, to encounter his peace, encounter his hope, his joy, right? We started off talking about God's invitation to hope and uh, to get our hopes up, even when our hopes have been dashed, that God still invites us to hope and get our hopes up. And uh, we talked about the peace that he offers us. And then last week, Wendy talked about joy. Y'all appreciate that his invitation to joy. And so uh, today I want to wrap up by talking about God's invitation to trust him. And, uh, you know, trust can be a hard thing. I'll be real honest with you. I'm not a good truster. Like, I, I'm not a good truster. It's not an easy thing for me. Um, I find it very difficult to trust other people, to, to, uh, to a fault even, you know. And, um, you know, so growing up, uh, you know, my trust was betrayed quite a bit and quite often. And so I grew up in an environment where that happened, where I was stolen from. I was abused by people that I loved. Uh, I was ditched by people I called friends. I mean, you know, all of those things that kind of go, hey, you know, that will damage your trust and erode your trust. I went through all of them. You know, and so I find it now as an adult very difficult to trust people. 
And uh, you all know those team building exercises that everybody loves? You know, everybody loves those team building exercises. <laughs> you, know the, you know the trust fall? You all familiar with the trust fall? I hate that. I hate the trust fall. Uh, I, 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 those, those things, in fact, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just go and do it first so I can get it over with. Because otherwise, I'm watching everybody else do it, and I'm just like growing more anxious as it, as it goes along, like as it's getting closer to my turn. So I'll just get it over with and then stand aside and, and giggle at everybody else that has to do it now. And so uh, I'm, I'm not good. They kind of fill me with dread. And sometimes I struggle to trust God, believe it or not. You think, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be good at that by now, right? Trusting God. And, um, and I will struggle with trusting him. And sometimes I'll see God through the filter of my human experience instead of as he really is, right? And, uh, and I wonder sometimes if he really has my best interest at heart. And so, um, and, you know, I, I wonder if his love for me is more of a tolerance, right? It's more of a tolerance than a passionate commitment. And so you might have, you know, wondered that as well about the father. And you go, well, gosh, does he really love me or does he just put up with me? Is he passionately committed to me or is he just sort of tolerating me? And so sometimes I wonder that. And so, but at the end of the day, I know that God's word is the truth, right? And I know that God's word is a truth that's greater than my experience. And that's a tough one, you know, but it's true. I know that God's word is true and it's a truth that's greater than my experience because that's kind of what faith looks like, right? Because faith doesn't go by sight. Faith doesn't even go by experience. Because we all love to believe that our experiences are, are the things that are locked in, right? No, your experience is the final truth. And that makes a whole lot of sense for normal people, <laughs> you know. But God's word is the truth. And I have to remind myself that God's word is a truth that supersedes my experience, right? And so uh, you might be there too. You may, maybe you've been able to relate with that. And maybe, maybe your uh, list of unanswered prayers just kind of keeps on growing, right? And, uh, and, and, and it's just kind of growing longer all the time. Or maybe some words were spoken of your, over your life. Some prophetic words were spoken of your life that are now just sort of growing, just getting dusty, right? I think probably we could all fill up like a small notebook at least of like words that were given to us and we have held on to them and they've just sort of gone unanswered and unfulfilled. And, you know, that can add to that sense of, does God really have my best interest in heart, at heart? And uh, I spoke with a woman in her 60s, actually, just a couple weeks ago. And she has been following Jesus for decades and has spent, you know, time in decades in ministry as well, in vine vineyard church ministry, at, uh, you know, at a large church and uh, has been a believer since she was young. And now her faith kind of feels like it's fading. And she's kind of going, I don't even know if this, 
oh, this God thing is real, you know, after years. And it can be such a struggle sometimes to trust. And so uh, before I even read the scripture today, though, I just want to say something. And that's this, and I feel like there's a lot of people that need to hear this. Struggling to trust does not make you a bad Christian. Okay, so you just need to hear that and know that. Struggling to trust does not make you a bad Christian. In fact, it's very normal. It's a normal thing to struggle to trust. And everybody goes through the, uh, from time to time a, a kind of a crisis of faith. It's normal. You think about Thomas, right? The disciple Thomas walked with Jesus for three years, lived with him, served with him, right? And, uh, and just had seen it all, all the miracles. And he struggled to trust when Jesus rose from the dead and stood right in front of him, okay? And uh, in, in, in Jesus paid the disciples a visit. But God's invitation to trust him, it stands. God's invitation to trust him is constant. And uh, even when it doesn't feel like it, God is trustworthy. It is trust, he is trustworthy. And it, it, his, uh, his trustworthiness is not dependent on our feelings, on what we feel. And so what can we learn? I want to I talk about that a little bit, about God's invitation to trust this morning. And we're going to read from Luke chapter 1, but first I want to pray. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, that first and foremost, we can trust that you are good. We can trust, God, that you are good. And Lord, your goodness isn't dependent on our feelings. God, your trustworthiness is not dependent on our perception or, or uh, God, the experiences that we have gone through in our life. God, you are still trustworthy. And so, Lord, I pray that today you would cause your word to come alive in us. And God, that uh, you would bring life God, that you would bring a greater sense of trust and hope and peace and joy this season, God, no matter what we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, we're going to read about Mary's visit from the angel to tell her that she's going to supernaturally have a baby, which is just such, I mean, you got, I, we, I think we get really familiar, over familiar with the story but like the supernatural nature of the story and the whole background behind it and the culture that Jesus happened to be born into. I mean, and Mary's response to it is like, my, you know, my response to it, and this is why I'm not Mary and I'm not a saint and probably will never be declared a saint. My response probably would have been, you know, to the angel, you're nuts. Is there someone else? Please. I would rather not go through this. And so... Tells her she's going to supernaturally have her baby, that her son is going to be the savior of the world. All right? This is, this is the stuff of people with delusions of grandeur, right? This is, well, you read these from a natural mind, and you're like, that is just nuts. First of all, no. Uh, I'm, I'm like, a, you know, she's like a teenager. She's a virgin. If she gets pregnant... Her fiancé could stone her to death. Uh, I mean, there's so many things, like, happening in this. And so it says this. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, 
to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a de descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And this is the only part here where I can totally relate with Mary. Confused and disturbed. <laughs> That's, confused and disturbed. Yes and amen, right? Uh, Mary tried uh, to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how could this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, uh, to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she was conceived she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. I'll just read that one more time. The word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. If you remember one thing this morning, remember this. Accepting God's invitation to trust has more to do with the hands than the head. And that, that might be kind of a strange statement. It has more to do with the hands than the head. Mary could not have received a more absurd promise than the one she was given by Gabriel. I, I mean, of all the promises that God gave people along the way in Scripture, this had to be the strangest one right? And so uh, she was poor. She was from a humble family, yet she was being told that her yet unconceived son will rule over Israel forever. Uh, that's, that's hallucination fuel, you know. That's not reality. But it was the word of the Lord. And so in the midst of that, her response was, okay, may everything you have said about me come true. All right, whatever you say, well, let it come true. I'll obey. I'll walk in this. I will, I'll participate in your plan. I'll participate in what you are initiating here, Lord. And so when God leads us, our trust in him isn't established by figuring it all out. That's such, such an important thing to understand, you know. Uh, our trust isn't established by figuring it all out or trying to understand the steps he's given us. Our trust is established by our doing what he's led us to do. That's how our trust is established. So often we get it backwards and we go, I'm going to try to, I want to I understand this, and when I understand it, then I'll trust and I'll do. But God has this strange backwards economy, and it's, the understanding comes when we do, not before we do a lot of times, right? And so that can be so difficult. That's, I think, one of the hardest parts about just following the Lord is just 
doing what he's told us to do without fully understanding it. We want to understand it, and we should pursue understanding, and I'm not saying we should reject understanding. What I'm saying is, is we need to obey what he's told us to do, and the understanding will come, right? And sometimes it might not. But God invites us into this not-so-normal life. There is nothing normal about the Christian life. It's very different, and, you know, I know that the longer I've been walking with Jesus, the more uh, I understand how countercultural or counterintuitive it is. And, and the stranger, it's, you know, we don't live in the post-war 50s anymore, where it's just normal to be a part of a church fellowship and to have a, a Bible in your home and to pray with your family. Those things might have been normal, you know, 70 years ago. Not so much anymore. And so as we follow Jesus and we understand how different it is, how countercultural it is, um, you know, sometimes we just do, and the understanding will come later. God invites us into that not-so-normal life. It's exciting, and we trust in him, but it starts with believing his words more than we believe our understanding. And that's part of faith. That's just part of faith. And I know that don't we all have the desire to figure everything out? We all want to understand. That's so normal to want to figure it out, to want to understand. But God is saying, just trust and do, and the understanding will come. And continue to seek understanding. And so the next thing is this. Trusting God with your hands will eventually lead to trusting him with your heart. Right? So God's invitation is loving, and it's persistent. And like I said, it's backwards in our way of understanding we want to feel a warm, fuzzy feeling of trust. We love warm, fuzzy feelings. Warm, fuzzy feelings are wonderful. They're like a great big blanket wrapped around you, and you just have this feeling. We just know everything's going to be all right. We have no indication that Mary felt any sort of warm, fuzzy, everything's going to be all right. All we know is him, her going, okay, let it be. Let it be. Right? And so... Uh, we, we don't want to wait until we have the, the warm, fuzzy feeling, as well as we don't want to wait for full understanding or warm, fuzzy feeling we want to do. And so we, we, we want to feel that feeling of trust when we act on God's direction. But when we commit to following Jesus without feelings, and really, you know what? That is greater faith. I'll just tell you something. Following Jesus without feelings is actually greater faith, you know? And how do I know this? Is because uh, all everyone that I know who has matured in the Lord will tell you, sometimes we just go for a long time without any sort of warm, fuzzy feeling. And we're just acting on what God told us to do last year. We're just acting on what God told us to do in his word. And one day, one day, we'll stand in fulfillment and we'll stand in perfection in front of him, right? But that's... Just not right now, okay? But when we commit to following Jesus without the feelings, we find something greater comes along. Something greater comes along afterwards. And you know what that is? It's a, it's a greater sense of trust. Because when you have acted on what God has told you to do, and you've done that once, and then you've done it twice, and then you've done it five times, right? And then you've been doing it for six months, and then you've been doing it even, you know, with, without, uh, without the, the feeling, without the warm fuzzies, and you've just been going, I'm following God, and you do it long enough, it's almost like this 
something so much greater than a warm fuzzy, and it's, it's like a confidence in the incredible just love and trustworthiness of God. And then it just gets easier because you, you're like, you know what? I can look back and I can see all the times that I obeyed God. I didn't get it. I didn't feel it. I didn't understand it. But he showed himself faithful and I saw fruit come out of it. And it's something so much more solid and so much more substantial than a fleeting feeling. Y'all following me with this? This is good right? Listen to this. This is good, right? So it grows every time we obey the Lord. We grow in a real trust, a solid trust, not just a a fleeting feeling. And so the people that I know with the greatest faith, the people that I know with the greatest confidence and trust in Jesus are not the ones who are constantly weighing pros and cons, right? Following the Lord's direction. They're the ones who have just surrendered control of their lives to him and they're doing what he says to do and they're leaving the results in his hands and they've been doing it for a long time. It's almost like a trust muscle, you might call it, right? It uh, kind of builds up. And so the last thing is this. Trusting God with your heart eventually leads to trusting him with your eyes. Right? eventually that's what comes along and we see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So we get so earthly minded and we expect instant results and immediate answers and easy proof, right? But God's ways are not man's ways. God's timing is not man's timing. It's so, so different. It's so different. And so we will see his words revealed as truth. Every word of the Lord, right? The word of God will never fail. We will see his words revealed in, as truth, even if our experience, you know, somehow, you know, it has evidence to the contrary. We will see his words revealed as truth. And so, um, you know, the angel uh, Gabriel told Mary, the word of God will never fail. And some of the words that God gives us, they, they'll, they'll come to pass right away. Some of them will come to pass later on. Some of them, we won't see their fullness until eternity. Because the thing is, is like right now, here on earth, our eyesight is so limited. You know, we, we see, you know, the scripture says, as through a glass darkly. And so... I know, you know what, when I was a kid, I was one of those kids that just kind of played out in the street a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I walked along. I liked to pick things up. You know, I was, I, my hands were dirty all the time. It was just, that was just kind of how I grew up. And so every once in a while, I might see like a, a broken, you know, uh, beer bottle or something sitting in the gutter and pick it up and look through it. And, uh, and you can't see a whole lot, Right. I remember my dad was a welder, and when I was a kid, I used to like to put on his welding mask. Have you ever tried to look through a welding mask? You, you don't, you, if you, you, can, you can actually look into the sun with a welding mask on. That's how dark that they are. And so that really is how we see. That's about how our vision is here in, on this earth. Our vision is so small and so darkened, and so clouded, and we don't see what God is doing. 
You know, I love that song that we sing here. Even when I don't see it, you're working, God. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And because we, we don't see it, our vision is completely limited. But there will be a time, there will be a time when we stand before the Lord and our eyes are opened up. And we, we look back and, and, you know, all the times that we thought God was just far away and not working and not caring and we thought God was just not answering our prayers, we're going to see how he was moving on our behalf and how he was showing love to us in such incomprehensible ways. His words will come to pass. We will see that his words are true. They are trustworthy regardless of our lousy vision and our own, the way that we are, perceive life around us and how world, the world happens around us. Sooner or later, we're going to see the fullness of his words. And we will see with our eyes one day, right? Amen. If we trust, we trust. And so this morning, what I want to do is I just kind of, I want to speak to our friends here and our friends online that, you know, just need to put their trust in the Lord. And, you know, there, uh, there is an invitation that God is giving. God is inviting you today to trust him with your whole life. With your whole life. Not sections of your life. Not just trust him with your Sunday mornings. Not just trust him. But trust him with your whole life. And I, you know, I, I know I mentioned earlier how difficult it is for me to trust others, but when I see the incredible price that Jesus paid for me, when I see that part of it, uh, when I see the incomparable display of love, it does make it easier. It does make it easier for me to trust him. And so when Jesus invites you to follow him, it's not, it's not to dominate over you. It's not to put you in chains. It's to set you free. It's to set you free, free from the power of sin, free to, to live forever with him. And, and so uh, whether you're, you're online or you're, you're here today, I just want to pray for you. If that's you, that you want to, to just surrender all to him and, and to, to trust him with your life. And if you all would just pray with me, dear Jesus, today I trust you. Today, I surrender control of my life to you. And even when I don't understand it, even when I can't see it, I trust you, that you are good, that you love me, and that you have my best interest at heart. I give you all of me. Amen. 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 So I want to turn it over to Wendy. Where is she? She's over here. And so we're going to worship a little bit. But uh, we have a prayer team here. I don't know who's on our prayer team today. I know Bethany's here. And she'll be back there. So if you need prayer for anything this morning, as we sing this last song, go see her. She would love, love, love to pray for you. 
And if you need prayer, just have a prayer request, and you'd rather not go and see Bethany, just make sure it's on your connection card. You can drop it on a connection card, and you can put it in the box back there on the coffee counter. But uh, why don't you all stand up, and let me pray for you one more time. God, I thank you. I thank you for your trustworthiness. God, I thank you that even when we can't see it, you're, you're here working. Even when we, we don't feel it, God, you are loving us, you're leading us, you're working on our behalf. God, thank you that we can trust you. We praise you for that. We praise you. We praise you because we can trust you just like Mary trusted you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.